Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi, folks. This is Sarah Perry, and welcome back to Haven Space. Today, we are going to be discussing foot fetishes, or podophilia. By the end of this podcast, you should know more about what foot fetishes are because I'm pretty sure you already know a little bit about them, Uh, some history about them, the different kinds of foot fetishes there are, what specifically people are attracted to when they're attracted to feet, and of course, how you can make this happen for yourself with all of the consent, respect, and pleasure that our bodies are worthy of. So foot fetishes or podophilia or foot partialism um, or just being sexually attracted to feet is actually considered the most common of all of the paraphilias, which are any kind of sexual attraction to any part of the body or any object that is not innately considered sexual, which already as a statement I find super problematic because All of our bodies are sexual, every part of our body, our sense, our hair, um, the way we move, the way we touch, our nails, every part of your body is avidly sexual, but, you know, we like to have these kind of very organized ideas about what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, um, Like we would say the charmed inner circle of like acceptable sexual behavior, which is of course a Gail Rubin term. So if you've never heard of them, you should definitely take some time and read up on some of the amazing studies that she does. So this fetish is in fact so common that one study actually found that almost half of the surveyed people said they had a foot fetish. The information that I found didn't say where the study came from, so remember... We don't especially know how to take information when we don't know where that information is being poached from. This could have been a study done on a fetish website and it could have been a study done, you know, at a Starbucks. So keep that in mind when I talk about some of these studies. Um, In a study in 94, 45% of people with foot fetishes were also aroused by the smell of feet and specifically like stinky, smelly feet or smelly socks, making it one of the most widespread forms of olfatophilia, which is just any fetish that has to do with smells and scents. Remember, like I was saying, that the way sex smells is not considered a fetish simply because the smells of sex are supposed to be arousing. They're supposed to be acceptable. Now, people with foot fetishes are attracted to many different things. And one person may not be attracted to all of these or may only be attracted to one of these or something slightly different that I might not cover. So keep that in mind. But some people are very attracted to toes, toenails. Some people could be attracted to the arches of feet. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, the smell. Some people could be attracted to the adornment of feet. We're talking jewelry, nail polish, sometimes shoes, socks, and tights. And they're actually considered related to foot fetishes, even if they're not actually on the people. So if someone was attracted to somebody's tights, and when they took them off, then you could smell the tights. That could be totally part of a foot fetish. 
the earliest mention that we have of foot fetishes that is um, easy to find, so to speak, is actually erotic poetry that was mentioned around 200 years common era by the ancient Greek writer Philostratus. And they wrote a series of erotic love poems towards uh, men's feet and towards women's feet. And those are actually searchable. You can look them up right now. And strangely, the most common time periods for interest in feet um, as depicted in pornography, that's what we're using as a way to gauge where the interest was because, you know, when there's a market, um, this type of production of materials increases. It always coincided with um, pandemics, epidemics of major STIs and STDs. For example, during the gonorrhea pandemic in 12th century Europe um, and the syphilis epidemic of the 16th and 19th centuries in Europe, of course. And then the AIDS epidemic in the 1980s also showed an increase in interest in foot fetishes, potentially hinting at the idea that maybe people become more interested in non-genital sex when there is a risk, a higher risk of uh, STDs and STIs. Now, the study that I was reading that also has the caveat that, well, during these times, it was kind of an up, uprising of women's rights. And so we should take into account that everything is intersectional and that we don't really know exactly what the cause of one thing over another would be. So keep that in mind when we look into studies like this. Why do people like feet? Where does that even come from? Well, there's lots of different theories and they're pretty basic. There's the idea of biology. Feet have a lot of nerve endings. They also have a different type of skin than the rest of your body, a type of skin that only exists on the palms of your hands. And this type of skin not only has a lot of nerve endings, but also feels different. It grows no hair. Uh, it sweats in a different way. So uh, being attracted to these kind of sensations makes perfect sense. Um, there's also the idea that uh, there could be domination and submissiveness involved in the attraction to feet. The idea that even ritualistically, the idea of washing feet has um, kind of been woven into our culture. So those power dynamic plays feed into a lot of what people think about when they're aroused. But if you want to get a little bit further into kind of the pathologization of feet, the idea that someone would tell us that it's a disease and that we need to look into why people have this condition, then we can start with Freud, who thought that people sexualized feet because they were kind of resembling of penises, which is always what Freud thought. Um, he also felt like they were interchangeable. In fact, Freud's theory about feet and penises actually dates back to theories about biblical analysis and the idea that in Latin, the word for feet and for penis is so similar that a lot of people have speculated that when the Bible refers to feet, it's actually referring to penises. So if you do know the Bible, and if you don't, I encourage you to go back and read some stuff about 
um, feet being washed because it completely changes things when what's being bathed down and stroked is a dick. Another theory that was actually published in a book called Phantoms in the Brain, Probing the Mysteries of the Human Mind by Harper in 1999, uh, neuroscientist Villanayar Ramachandran, director of the Center of Brain and Cognition at the University of California, San Diego, actually was studying phantom limb syndrome, which is, if you've never heard of it, it is um, a condition that people suffer from when they have had a limb removed or amputated, and they continue to feel pain and sensation in that missing limb. So this is what this neuroscientist was studying when he realized that a lot of what was coming up in discussion was that people reported sexual feelings and arousal and even orgasm in their phantom limbs, which I have to say could become super problematic if your foot that is missing is randomly giving you orgasms throughout the day. Um, What he realized is that inside of your brain, neurologically, your somatosensory cortex affects both your genitals and your feet, and they're very close together. So what they write about um, in this book is the idea that perhaps some of the wiring between genital sensation and the physical sensation of arousal can come from the feet because of the wiring could, could be kind of mixed up. Now, this wouldn't necessarily explain why you would be attracted to somebody else's feet. It would explain why you would like your feet to be rubbed and massaged. But um, acknowledging also that when we find something arousing and pleasurable, we tend to project that onto our partners. Think about how many times you've been touched in a specific way that you didn't particularly enjoy and you didn't ask for, even if you were in the middle of consensual sex or consensual pleasure play, and you don't know where that specific um, activity came from, where this person came up with touching you this way. Well, most of the time, they came up with it because it's something that they enjoy themselves. And this happens especially in um, same-sex or similar bodied relationships because we tend to think that bodies that look and feel like ours will have similar sensations, and they don't. We all have completely different sensors in our skin and completely different relationships to our bodies, and even though we are wired very, very similar, we in fact feel and sense completely different. So we have to be really careful when we're having Um, dyadic or group sex where we have conversations about what people are feeling. I would say that most people that go see a sex coach like me are actually dealing very much with this issue. Um, Following up on people and their theories on foot fetishes, Desmond Morris more recently considers fetishism the result of malimprinting. The idea that a trauma or an uncomfortable situation or an arousing situation, not necessarily sexually and not necessarily pleasurably, happens when we are children. His theory revolves mostly around the introduction of shoes into children and our heightened attention then given to feet and believes that 
because we have these relationships to the use of shoes, shoes then become sexual in places where shoes are become sexual. But of course, not assuming that he believes that this is a typical occurrence in something that would automatically occur from your relationship to wearing shoes or having shoes imposed on you, that's why they call it mal-imprinting instead of just imprinting. Um, another form of foot fetishes would be a crushing fetish. And we kind of talked about this a little bit when we talked about um, megaphilias and people who fetishize giant things. The idea that you would step on things and crush things, have things between your toes, um, could kind of be a fetish that merges both of these worlds. Now, a lot of people who fetishize feet prefer feet to be clean. And a lot of people who fetishize feet prefer it to be really messy, dirty feet, sweaty feet. And this can obviously very much change the way you approach this with a partner if you would like to explore it. So where can you find it? Um, if you look online, there's definitely an any porn website you can search fetish. It's actually the most commonly searched fetish according to a study published by AOL in the year 2010 um, is foot fetish. But you can find it on specific websites also, like footfetishmatch.com, on fetlife.com. And then there are apps like Whippler and Kinku that actually um, get people together that have these fetishes. I need to do a little bit more exploring about Whippler and Kinku to see if they have other types of fetish chat. And I will get back to you on that, hopefully by next podcast. So how do you do this? How do you engage in a foot fetish if this is something you've been attracted to and haven't done? First of all, you should know that foot fetishes are super common, like I've mentioned, and that most people are not completely repulsed by their or their partner's feet. Um, so different ways you can engage if you're starting off, you could play with photography and taking pictures of feet, especially if your partner is liking something specific, then you can have a better conversation around it. Um, some people really like the way a foot arches, and so they would have you stand as if you are wearing a high-heeled shoe just to create that deep arch in the foot. Other people may really enjoy toes wiggling, so maybe creating videos of that type of thing. Other people like to easily engage in foot fetish play through things like pedicures and washing each other's feet. Also doing massages can be fantastic and pleasurable and simple and easy for everybody. Um, and you could actually tandem do foot massages for each other at the same time. So that could be super fun and a really healthy, kind way of engaging in self-care and partner care and sexual touch without it having to lead to anything else. Some people enjoy tickling feet or kissing and sucking feet. And then as the fetish progresses, if someone wants it, some type of foot worship where there's a BDSM play where the person would be extremely submissive and crawling on the floor and kissing feet. Or even foot jobs, which is the term we have for using your feet to masturbate somebody's genitals. This is like two feet with a penis, for example, between the arch or even inserting feet into pussies. There's lots of different ways you can incorporate feet into your sex play. So how do you prepare for this? 
Because there are no STD or STI risks with foot fetishes, unless you are literally putting your foot inside of one person and then putting it inside of someone else, then you really need to be careful about cleanliness and other forms. Um, there are some foot funguses that could spread. Um, funguses live in moist, warm environments, which we know to be um, terms that we can use to describe genitals. So that's something you're going to want to watch out for. If anybody has any type of foot fungus, it should definitely be addressed first. It should be addressed anyways, because we don't want to be fungusy people. But definitely before you have any kind of genital contact, um, and even if you're using just your hands to provide a massage, that fungus can spread to other things. So making sure to wash our hands. Um, definitely it is important to note that any kind of sharp toenails, long toenails are going to really get in the way of being able to have a relaxing and easy sex play because you'll have to Pay attention to what you're doing and make sure that you're not hurting people. So clean, nicely shaped, smooth toenails. And then, of course, actually having the conversation about setting expectations, especially if this is something you've never engaged in with this partner or if you've never played with any kind of foot fetish. Um, some good questions to start a conversation would be things like, what activities do you like the most? What would you like to explore the most? Um, do you want me to reciprocate? Do you want me to do something to you while you're playing with my feet? Or is this something that you like? Or do you want me to play with your feet? Um, and then if that is the question, if the person wants you to play with their feet, then do they expect to do that to you? Or is this kind of a one-sided thing that they're into? Which could be super fun in a submissive way. Also asking things like, where, what do you want to do first? What is the beginning? And then, of course, knowing what is the end. Is this going to be part of our foreplay? Or um, are we working towards sex? Or is this, like I was mentioning, just like a massage session and that's what we're going to do and we're going to enjoy? Those are all critical parts of communicating to your partner what you want and getting what you want in exchange. So to recap today, we talked about foot fetishes. We talked about how absolutely super common they are. We talked about um, the ancient Greek writer Philostratus who talked about foot fetishes for the first time in written uh, record. We talked about studies by Ohio State talking about how they become more common during epidemics. We talked about Freud and the director of the Center of Brain and Cognition at the University of California. We talked about the connection with phantom limb syndrome. We talked about um, nerve endings and malimprinting and our use of shoes. And we talked about exactly what is sexy, how the smells can be attractive, how shoes, heels, um, anklets, jewelry, nail polish, and crushing um, can be extremely fascinating for people. We talked about where you can go find it on the internet. We talked about how to approach your partner and how to communicate well so that all of your needs are met. So thanks for listening and I'll check you out next time. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. 
If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.